0: Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Noon so I'm going to go from the third line of Noon Beis. I'm with Aleph 52a. Um, today's Shish L'Illunishmas Ben Sion, Ben Zev, and Shayna Bas May the Neshamas have an aliyah and may the memory be a blessing. So I just wanted to mention at the end of last year, we just, I mean, uh, touched on a very, uh, sometimes contentious, but often just very interesting. Someone who travels from where we keep two days yomtev to erit Yisrael, where they only keep one day Tov. what do you do and uh and then obviously the other way around but just for us it's more relevant traveling to erit Yisrael. so i'll just mention an interesting point two interesting points that firstly most of the poskim go by the by the idea that uh that you're obligated to keep two days yomtev I, ah, if you come from Chutzlarech to Eretz Yisrael, while everyone is having their Cholamoid parties and it's quite a festive time in Israel and everyone's busy on their outings, you have to be keeping Yom Tov. Okay, another whole interesting discussion is: Can you then get them to do Melachah for you? Can they cook? Uh, can they do all the Melachahs for you since it's Yom Tov for you and it's Cholamoid for them, or it could be if it's the after, or it's after Yom Tov for them? Okay, that's a separate. But that's how most Peskin Paskin hold. Um, Mishnah Brewer, Rav Moshe uh, it's that's except by the G'doylim. There's another question on that, so once you're keeping two days, um, are you allowed to have a minion? Because you're not really supposed to blatantly show that you're doing differently. Remember, not doing Malocha, we're kind of relying on the concept that you'll just be sitting there while everyone else is doing what they want, and you get people who just sit around, so it's it's not so in their face, but can you have a second day minion? So I remember my grandfather speaking a little bit about this earth, um, sometimes, and he he said like on the surface it's, it's problematic and you probably shouldn't have a second day Yom Tov minion in Eretz Yisrael, but he found a shuva in the uh, Avkes Rochel of Rav Yosef Kara, the author of of uh, of Shulchan Aruch, where he discusses in his time them having a second day Yom Tov minion in Eretz Yisrael, so. He says there's, that's, what's that, about 500 years ago, they were already having a second day Yom Binyanim in Eretz Yisrael. So you can look into what the, why it's permitted, but clearly already from a long time ago, people were doing that. Um, there's a very interesting Chacham tsvi. He says that if you go to Eretz Yisrael, you only have to keep one day Yom so even if you would go, obviously if you're going making Aliyah or you're going for a good few years, then you would only have to keep one day. You become like someone who's part of that place. But if you, what happens, you're just going for Pesach. The Chacham Tzvi says you only have to keep one day Yom Tiv. Um Again, as I said, we mostly Paskin that you have to keep two days Yom Tov. but there are, especially in Israel, it seems paskim who want to say that this is their loch, you only have to keep one day Yom Tiv. Um and that is, um, and w- what's his reason? It's very interesting. He says, when do we say when you go to a new place, you're obligated to keep the humrah of the place you left? That's where that humra is relevant and appropriate to the place you're going. I Let's say, like we learned yesterday, there's certain parts of the animal that some people had the custom to go strict and not eat. So it makes sense whichever city you're in, whether you're in Yerushalayim, Tel Aviv, Johannesburg, Cape Town, it makes sense to have that stringency to not eat that part of the animal or to um, something like that. So there it's relevant to the place you're going to and therefore you still have to keep your chumrah. But if you're going from like Chutz Oritz to Eretz Yisrael for Yom Tiv, it's not relevant to keep two days Yom Tiv. It's not a chumrah that fits in. And therefore, he wants to say you don't have to keep the khumrah which you, of where you came from of two days yomtiv and you only have to keep one day yom-tiv. Um. I thought, I don't know if it's similar, but I thought another swore to permit, um, I guess this, we need to look into this a bit more, but maybe you can say, we'll see a big discussion in Rebi Yehuda. But if anyone could do it anyway, i.e. anyone from you. What's the problem? It's a little bit, as we'll see, it's a little bit disrespectful to the people of your city to start doing differently to them and disregarding how they practice. That's your city. You live in Johannesburg. What, you're going to go to Israel and you're totally going to dismiss everything you keep with your community in Johannesburg. That is a, a disrespectful and disregarding of them. So, But here you can tell any South African, again, you have to check with Rabbi Yehuda and how we Paskin in the next coming up, so yeah, but... Can't you say any South African, anyone from Johannesburg who is in Israel, only has to keep one day? No, sorry, that's for is definitely wrong. Sorry, I just realised that's definitely nonsense. Sorry, don't uh, you can ignore my long point. But that's very interesting. The Chasam, there is a third. So those, that's the first two. The Mishnah, the those who hold you have to keep two days. The Chacham Tzvi, who holds you only have to keep one day, and the. Um. And then there's a third opinion, I don't understand it fully, but that a lot of the Talmudim of uh, like Haritzion etc., where they follow Rav Soloveitchik quite strongly, that he says along the lines of you don't do the positive commandments, but you must still refrain from Melocha, you must still keep the negative commandments. Okay, so that's... Uh, that, uh, but th- that opinion uh, and the reasons behind that is another whole separate discussion. Let's go on in the Gomorrah. Lan, three of Nunbeis. So Ravnos and Bar-Azio mi Mibei Rav the Rav Ravnos and bar Ozil went from his yeshiva to Pumpe from a place where he only kept one day Yomtev to a place where he had to keep two days Yomtev. But Yomtev Shalat and he travelled on second day I It's almost like, imagine someone in, from Israel arriving on a flat on second day Yomtev. So they, they left which was a weekday for them, because they only keep one day. But they're up, and on Yom Tov. So Shamtei Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef put him in Chayim for disregarding this halacha that you have to keep the stringencies of the place where you are. mar nigdi. Why don't you give him lashes? It says adifa I did what was more severe. It's more severe to put someone in Chayim than to give them lashes. mimnu rav mimnu because in Eretz Israel, they decided that you can give a, yeshiva, a Talmud Chacham or a yeshiva student lashes, but you can't give him put him in i We go a little bit more lenient on yeshiva students, and therefore Rav, Rav Yosef Sanah actually gave him the more severe thing for not keeping with this principle of you keep the chumras of the place you're going to. So it's Ikad Omri summoned a slightly different version. Nagdin, Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef gave him lashes. He didn't put him in Chayre. Ma'ale Abayin, Ashbeim, Mar the Rav Shmuel, Omri Tabayim, Nagdin al Shnei Yomim Tovim Shel Kolios. So, Nagdin al Shnei Yomim Tovim Shel Kolios. Rav Yosef said to um, and Abay said to him, "But you should put him in Chayre." Rav and Shmuel said, "Anyone who transgresses a second day Yom Tov in Kolios must be put in Chayre." So, why did you only give him lashes? So, amale Inish, the Alma, Hacha. That's with regular people. Two of them are Yeshiva students who the I went a little bit good for him. The Tabalei I went good for him. The They decided in Eretz Israel that you should rather give Yeshiva students lashes. Then I was thinking, what's the svarah? Why should you go more lenient on your shiva students? But maybe it's because naturally they take halacha and the punishments more seriously. So to so you don't have to treat them as seriously to give them to get them um, back on track and keeping the correct halacha. Um, now we go on to the next point in the Mishnah. ba We said similarly. So remember the first part of the Mishnah was discussing someone who keeps, um, that does not do Melokha on the morning of Erev Pesach, goes to a place where they do, or vice versa. The second part of the Mishnah discussed, if you have someone who travels from a place where, the f- Remember we discussed by shvirs, yeah, let's just do the introduction quickly. We discussed by is that when, once you're allowed to take shvirs produce into your house for personal use. However, once it's kolu, the, the, it's called kolu, so keep that in mind, um, finished. Literally kolu means finished. Once it's finished in the fields, there's no food left for the animals in the fields to eat, then it's then you have to do beer. As we discussed, different discussion what beer is, but let's just go simple and say remove it from your house. You have to put it back in the field. Um so so that's kolu. So what happens if you have produce from your town where it's not kolui and you go to a place where it is kolu, i ah, you travel from South Africa where you can still find um produce in the fields you can still find dates in the in the fields to eat and therefore you're allowed to keep them in their house and you're allowed to use them for personal use and you travel to Eretz Israel where the date seasons or you can travel to Cape Town where the date seasons finish I mean Schmitz doesn't apply in Chuzlaret so it's not a good example but you travel to another city another area where it's all finished so what do you do or that or vice versa you travel from a place where they are finished to a place where they're not finished with with produce so there again, the, the Tanakama said, you're not allowed to eat. And Rabbi Yehuda came along and he said, quite a cryptic line. Yo, so chayv le, chayv lewayer, you're obligated to do biur. And Rabbi Yehuda came along and he said, Sei vahave He says, no, you also go bring now. What is you also go bring now? What's he referring to? What does that mean? So we're going to analyze it. The first point is that, um, it sounds like Rav Yehuda is saying you can just tell everyone, go to my town and get produce from there. Uh, you brought produce from your town to a, to the second town where it is finished and you want to carry on eating your produce because it's from a town where it's not finished. Just tell everyone to go get the produce from there. But granted you've got around the Isur of Al-Yashanem Ibn Amah because no one can hold that against you. It's not like you're being superior to them or different to them. You've just got different produce to them. So they can also go and get that different produce. Or if it's the other way around, they can come to your town and eat the produce there. But what about the concept that we said in the beginning of the mission? You put on him the stringencies of, the, of where he came from and the stringencies of where he arrived. That should apply. So that's what the Gemara says. He says, not hold for the principle in the Mishnah, that he has to keep the stringencies of the place he came from and where he is now. I, granted, he can tell the people, you know what, you want to eat produce now? You don't want to do deal? Go to my hometown and get produce from there. Granted, he can say that, He's still not fulfilling the dictum keep the Khumras of both places. So, we're going to have quite a few suggested answers. Rebbe Yehuda is actually going on a totally different point. There's a line missing from the Mishnah, basically. He says, This is what Rabbi Yehuda is saying. You went from a place where the fruit, food had not been kolu, you could still keep it and eat it and use it for personal needs, to a place where it was not kalu, you could use it for personal needs. And then he he heard in his place that they had finished it. Chayv Levaeh is obligated to, to build on that produce. Rabbi Yehuda says say Vahabeh Lecha says you can say go and bring for yourself now. He says hechadai Sinu Where is it brought from? Sorry. Go see, go out and bring some fruit for Koliluhu and it's not finished. I... Um see one second. Yeah, he's basically saying I am fulfilling the khumra. When I left my original town I was allowed to eat this produce. And now I'm in a town where I'm allowed to eat this produce. So you want to eat produce, come to this town. I he's not going against the khumra of the he's not keeping he's not going against the khumra of his place. That's his suggestion. The asked, so what's it the Tanakama hold if you brought fruit from one town to another town, and then subsequently, here it's finished in your town. The Tanakamas say you have to get rid of that produce. Rebutah says, No, you can keep it and eat it and use it. That sounds like, that Rabbi is more lenient. We have a tradition in the name of Rebi Eliezer that Rabbi, that Rebi Yehuda is going stricter, so that can't be the explanation in the Mishnah. Rather, sorry, switch it around. The Chachamim would say, You're not obligated to burn it. Again, same scenario. It's a line missing from the Mishnah. It says you're going from a place where the fruit was not finished in the field. Ah, You can still use it personally. To a place where it is finished in the field. And then you hear that in the original town where you brought this this produce from. It's finished in the field. So the Chachamim say you're obligated to do biur to get rid of it. And Rabbi Yehuda says, Rabbi Yehuda says, just go out and bring from where you are now. And it's not Kolud. So you can still... Sorry. Say, go bring from your original town. And it's not Kolud. Sorry, did I say it correctly? Mm -hmm. So Rebbe Yehuda says, go bring this produce comes from the original town. Ah, If you go get more produce from the original town, it would be Osur. Well then, so to here, it's Osur. So that's Rebbe Yehuda's going stricter. A buyer, Omar, a buyer gives a... Another suggested answer in the Mishnah. Now, the weakness with the two previous answers, besides that we rejected the one, but even the weakness in them is that both of them had put in a case in the Mishnah that wasn't there. Again, the Mishnah discussed two scenarios. One is you go from a place where it is kolu to a place where it is not kolu or the opposite way around. Those are the two cases. And now these two answers had to insert a line and say there's a third case under discussion that Rabbi Yehudah is going on, and that is if you go from a place where they were not kolu to a place where they're not kolu, and then you hear that in the original town where you came from, they are kolu, and you have to do biur. So that's the difficulty with those, is why are you forced to bring in a whole new case into the Mishnah that's not mentioned? So, the so gives a different answer. It's actually keep the Mishnah as it is. And this is what it's saying. If you go from a place where it is not finished to a place where it is finished, I you go from a place where you're allowed to use it for personal use to a place where you have to do biur, and you return to their place and it's still not finished. You are not obligated to destroy it. Hey, let's just put some pictures to the example to make it a bit clearer. You, go, you, you came from um, Yerushalayim where the produce is not kolu. And you went to Tel Aviv where the produce is kolu. Now generally if you would stay in Tel Aviv, as we know, you're going from a place where it's not kolu to a place where it is kolu. You'd have to do biur. But now you return to Yerushalayim with your produce. Oh, you can keep it. That's what uh, you're not going to buy. Rabbi Huru says, no, where are you bringing this fruit from? You're bringing it from Tel Aviv. And in Tel Aviv, it's kolu and you have to do biur. So, so to Yerushalayim, you have to keep the stringencies that... Of the place you came from. Now the Gomorrah is going to challenge this. But basically there's a huge weakness in Rebbe, in this explanation of how we describe Reb You have produce from Yerushalayim. That you took to Tel Aviv. And you brought back to Yerushalayim. And now you have to treat it like it came from Tel Aviv. What made it change from produce of Yerushalayim to produce of Tel Aviv? Just because you went in there. That's what the Gomorrah is going to ask. So, um... Says Matkev Floravashi Ravashi challenges answer. Says what just because it travelled on the back of a donkey, it gets absorbed into Tel Aviv it's and got a new it has a new uh, source of origin. That doesn't make sense. Obviously, if it went from Yerushalayim to Tel Aviv and back to Yerushalayim you're treat it as it's treated in Yerushalayim So in Yerushalayim you can still eat the produce there. Well then those produce you can still eat. Okay, so you have to think about what was a buyer, what's a, what does a buyer hold? Because it does sound quite far fetched what a buyer is saying that what just because you moved it and now gets a, gets the laws of a new origin. Okay, but let's see Ella Ravashi. Radha Ravashi says this is the f- explanation of the Mishnah. The pluxedahani t'nai. We're going in the, arg- in the argument of the following t'naim. The t'nan, as we learnt in the Mishnah. Now, yeah, generally you would kind of go by each produce depending on obviously that place, and then they're finished in the field. I obviously the wheat will be finished in the field at a different time to the dates, at a different time to the cucumbers, etc. The different produce will be finished in the field at different times. So when they're sitting in uh, baskets or containers in your house, you only have to do biur when each one is finished. What's not finished, you can continue to use. It says, however, what happens here in the following scenario? we learned in a Mishnah, You pickle three different types of vegetables together. Now, in a way, again, each of those different vegetables, when independent, would have a different Shah habir, Depending on when they are finished in the field, when there's none left av- none available for the other animals. But here, now, they're all part of each other because they all absorb each other's flavors. So what's our locha? So Rebilezer, we're going to see a three-way makhloikah. Rebilezer, Omer Ochlu Alarishon. You can only eat them based on the first one. I, As soon as the first one of those... Three vegetables you pickle together is finished in the field. You have to do beer on all three vegetables that you pickle together, and the logic would be they taste of what is also it's also to eat the vegetable that's finished in the field, and all the other two vegetables have its flavor. So it's all also. Rabbi Yishua says no, you go after the last one. I only once the third of the three vegetables is finished in the field can you not eat any more and you'd have to do beer. And I guess his reasoning would be only something that is clearly kolum soda would you have to destroy, but these all taste of each other, so it's not clear kolum, again, until all three have been finished in the field. Okay, then you have to do beer on the barrel. And Rabban Omer kol shek kolom mino yavor mino Haloha Kidd says, no, you still treat each of the three vegetables dis- distinctly. So I guess, let's say you've pickled, I don't know, onions, carrots and cucumber. So according to... Um, and let's say the cucumbers finish first in the field and the onions finish last. According to... Um, according to the first opinion, Rabbi Yoshua, you go after the... Sorry, according to Rebbi Eliezer, you go after the first one. So as soon as the pickles are finished, you can't eat any of the other carrots. You can't eat the carrots or onions. According to Rebbe Eliezer, the other way around. No, only when the onions are finished, even though the carrots and the pickles are finished in the field, since the onions are not yet finished, you can still eat from that barrel. And Rampagamil says, no, you treat them independently. When the pickles are finished in the field, when the cucumbers are finished, finished in the field, then you can't eat the pickled cucumbers in the barrel. When the onions, are, when the carrots are finished in the field, well, then you can't eat the pickled carrots, etc. And v'halacha the is like Rabban Gamliel. Now, let's just see how we fit this with our Mishnah because remember, we said that's what Rabbi Yehudah is going on. The Tanakhama came along and said, you go after, um, if you're traveling perished fears from one town to the next from a town where it is kolu to a town where it is not kolu all the other way around. You have to do biur. And Reb says, no, it's say vahave, go and bring, go and see what you can bring. So how does that fit in with this makhloikas? Because that's what Ravashi is telling us. So the Tanakama is like Reb sure Because the Tanakama seems to say, until they are all finished in the field. I So as long as There's one of the types in the barrel, you can eat from any of the types and that's what he says, as long as there's some of that produce available in the town you're going to, then you would be allowed to eat it as soon as it's finished in the town where you're going to, then you can't. And Rabbi says, no, you go after each item, each item that you took independently, I go out and see what's available. That's what Rabbi Yehuda is saying. Yeah. The emphasis is on, because, I mean, Rashi points out, it says, If you go from a place where it is not finished, to a place where Kulan all of it is finished, that's when you're obligated to do Bura. Um, as long as some of what you took to this new town is still available in that town also you can eat them all again until it's finished as Rebbe Yashua says you can go until the last one is and Rebbe Yehuda says go and bring for yourself now I go see what is color and what is not color like Rabun Gamliel Okay. Ravina Omer, says, no, it's not that, but looks at the honey tonight. It's actually the Mahloikes, Tanakam and Reb of Mishnah is based on the following Mahloikes Tanoim. It says, euchlim Ad You can eat from the dates, Rashi points out, in all we'll see, made in the Gemara, but in the whole Eretz Yehuda, we're going to see Eretz Yisroel was divided into three areas, three regions. Eretz Yehuda, the Galil, and Aver HaYardein. So he says you can eat dates in the whole of Eretz Yehuda, until they are finished, until the last dates are finished in the field in Tsar. Tsar, Rashi points out, is actually known as, it seems something like the city of dates, but there it had dates for the longest. And you can eat in the whole region of Yehuda, as long as there's dates in the field, Available to the animals in tzair. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says, al shel bein hakifin al shel bein Says you can only eat them if there's still dates in the branches, but not dates in the thorns. I don't know if you've ever seen how a palm tree grows. It's easier to see on a small one, but they grow. Um, Well, the leaves grow out like that and very close as you get closer to the center where the newer things are going It's very thorny and stuff And I think what this is saying as long as are dates on the branches They are accessible as if they're only dates that have fallen off the branches and are stuck in the middle of the palm tree where it is so uh, um, Where it's so thorny that's not considered available So it seems that this is the point that they're arguing. Everyone agrees, as long as you have um, these, as long as you have these these, these dates available in the field in Saar, you can eat dates anywhere in. You can keep dates for personal use anywhere in the region of Yehuda. The question is, what about if there are there are dates? but they're stuck in the thorns of the tree. So there they're, they are dates in the field, but they're not really available. And that's what he's saying. Our, our Tanakame is like the Tanakame of, of this Spreysa. That as long as they're actually dates outside in the field, you can eat it. doesn't matter whether the animals are really going to be able to pick them out from amongst the thorns or not. And Rabbi comes along and says, no, go out and see if you can get for yourself. I, when you go to pick dates, you're not going to go and pick the dates from the middle of the thorns. So that would be considered inaccessible. That would be like Rabbon Gamliel. Okay, so we've had a few different ways of trying to learn out what is the, what's the Machlokes, what's the point of what's Rabbi Yehuda coming to say in the Mishnah when he says, go out and see what you can collect. Okay, we've had a few different explanations. Let's go on to the next point. We're now taking this as a little bit of an opportunity to discuss the this concept of Kolu when they're finished in the field. Okay, so the next point says Tanan Hasan we learned in a Mishnah over there. Shalosh arzos lebiur the three regions regarding beer when you have to get rid of your produce. Yehuda as I point out different areas different regions of Eretz Israel. bechol and in each one, there are three different lands. Why is it telling us that there are three different regions regarding Biur? In each one, you can eat produce anywhere in that area, as long as there is somewhere in that region that still has it. So like we said in the, just on the previous page, you can eat dates anywhere in Yehuda, as long as one town in Yehuda still has dates grown in the field. I could be very far from your town and your fields and your date. I don't know, was a date orchards um, that, as, even if they're finished and they've been finished for a month or so, as long as in one area, area in Yehuda, you can still eat them. It would be the same in the Galil. You can eat produce anywhere in the Galil. As long as one town in the Golum that's available in the fields for the animals. Now, Minohan what's the source for this? So, Omar Rav Chama Bar Ukva, Omar Rabbi Yoisi Bar Chanina, Rav Chama Bar Ukva says in the name of Rabbi Yoisi Bar Chanina, Omar Kro the Possuk says, To your animals, to the animals and wild animals which are in your land, calls Man Shechaya Ocheles Minasode. As long as wild animals will eat, can eat it in the field, I guess birds and uh, rodents and any other animals that, could, that roam around and could find this food in the field, you can keep it for the animals in your house, I personal use. If the produce is finished to the animals in the field, then you have. Then it's finished. Then it has to be finished to the animals in your house. Ah, you have to do. um, You have to do biur. The gemiri, and we have a tradition that ain't high. Yehuda al perusha begalil, and ain't al That the wild animals, the non-domesticated animals of Yehuda, do not. Grow do not will and will not go and eat the produce in Galil, and the animals of Galil will not grow, go and eat the produce of Yehuda. I right, so what does it mean? As long as you have a, I don't know a mouse somewhere in Eretz Yehuda, it will travel to anywhere in Eretz Yehuda to get food. It will never go into the Galil. It's obviously a different type of produce, different uh, nutrients in it, something like different flavor uh, flavor profile based on the region, but. The animal is not going to go there to eat. So as long as there's some produce anywhere in Yehuda, a wild animal can would travel anywhere in Yehuda to get that food, that produce, and therefore it's considered available to the wild animals, even if it's far from your town. An animal would go, but in a different region it wouldn't. Um, a new point, Tonera, oh, yeah, it's, it's built on the previous one. If you go from Eretz Yisrael to chutzl you can destroy the produce wherever you find it. Rabbi Shimon ben Elazor, Omer, Yaxu Rulam Kaimam, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazor says, no, you have to take it back to where they come from, and and destroy it there. It's a big discussion taking produce of Shmitta into Chutzl-Aretz. Are you allowed to? And when are you allowed to? Um, but if you did, the Tanakama says you can do biur where you are with the produce, dispose of the produce there. And Rabbi Yishim says, no, you have to take it back to Eretz Yisrael, where it came from, and do beer there. Shneemar, as the Pasuk says, In your land. When do you have to do biur? Remember when it's finished to the animals in your land. So that's where you have to go to beer in your land. The Gomorrahs are oh, half Kase, but we already used this Ba'arzachho for our previous Drosha to t- teach us that there are different regions in Eretz Israel and only each one depending on when they finish. So it's Karibay, Ba'eretz Baarzach. Another puzzle could have just said Ba'erets. Why does it say Ba'arzecho? So that we can learn this extra Drosha. Inami, or alternatively, another source, may Asher Ba'arzach. The Puzzle says Asher Arzacho, which is also unnecessary, I could have said B'Arzacho, so that's to teach this other Drosha, according to Rabbi Shimon Ben Elazor, that you have to just do, if you take the produce into Chutzlauret, you have to return it to Eretz Israel and do bi'ur there. Rav Safra went from Eretz Israel to Chutzlauretz and he had with him a a, a jug of shvies wine. Now, As I pointed out, it's a big question, how could he do that? Someone who said it was an accident because you're not allowed to. Someone who say no, he took it for business, which you are allowed to. Others only say no, you're specifically not allowed to take it for business, but you're t- allowed to take it for personal use. Okay, so as I pointed out, interesting discussion. Are you allowed to take Perus into chutz laaretz? I remember someone who was importing wine and I know they specifically asked the winery to not send them Shvi's produce, because, I mean, firstly there's a problem as we see, but obviously they, I'm assuming the winery had a header to send the produce to Chutzlaret, but then you also run into a whole lot of trouble, how you have to treat it. Um, Shvi's produce has kadusha, you're not allowed to just throw it out, you, like, um, you wouldn't be allowed to throw it in the dustbin, it's kodosh, so you can't just. Uh, so what do you what do you do with it? But it's a. But that's a. Yeah, that's a. So that was quite a fascinating uh, thing he had to go through. He well, in the end he got special labels to put on all his bottles. That these are special. This is uh, Shvi's one. It's it's got kadusha. Please don't uh, throw it out. Make sure if. Uh, you know, leave it on the side to evaporate if it spills, That sort of, uh, you put a few points on each bottle. Okay, but back to, so Rav Safra traveled from Eritishol to Chutzleitz with a bottle of Shviz wine. Lohu Bahadei Rav Huna bereide of Ikeva Rav Kahana. Rav mm-hmm. Huna Rav Huna, brother of Ikka, and Rav Kahana were traveling with him. Amar lehu he said to them, Ika, the shomeli minay haloch ben elozor or Did any of you hear from? Uh, I'm assuming he's their rabbi, Rabbi avow, Whether haloch is like kribishum ben elozor or not. I can I do biur where I am in Chutz or do I have to take it back to Eretz Israel to do biur? So Amar Rav Kahana, Amar Rabbi Avu, haloha, ben elozor. Rav Kahana said. Rabbi Avu told us that the is like Rabbi Shimon Ben uh, You have to take it back to Eretz Israel. So Amalai, Ravuna, Braid, Rav Ika, Hachi, Oma, No, Ravuna said, the, Rabunna, the son of Rav Ika, said, No, Rabbi Avu told us, Ein halacha ke Ben Elazor. <Hebrew> so we have these two students arguing what Rabbi Avu said. One said, you do have to take it back. The aloch is like Rabbi Shimon Ben You have to take it back to Eretz Israel. The other one said, no, you don't. So Amal Rav Safra, Rav Safra says you can take the... Rav Huna, I the lenient opinion that you don't have to take it back. Why? Because he was very, very particular when he learnt the halochas from his Rebbe. Aye? Whenever his Rebbe, whenever Rebbe Yavol said an halacha, he made Rebbe Yavol repeat it back to him to make sure that he had it clear. So Rav Safra is saying, that's the one I'm going to follow. I'm going to follow Rav Huna. And he says, this is similar, similar to Rahva the Pumbadisa, like Rahva in Pumbadisa. To Omar Rahva, Omar Rav Yehuda. Rahva said in the name of Rav Yehuda, Harabai stiv koful hoyov stiv Harabais was built with two colonnades with benches underneath, one row within the other. Now, that, um, it's not so clear. How do we see that Rahva was so pedantic so precise with his rabbi teaching from the islam so someone who say it's because he left it vague whether it was rav or reb yehuda like his rabbi who left it vague others want who say no the usual term for a colonnade is a itztaba. but his rabbi said stiv so he used this unusual term stiv like his rabbi even though it's not the normal way the normal thing people would say that's rachba The Pumbadisu was so precise. So he's saying, Rav Huna, he's also very precise, and therefore we'll go with what he quotes the Rebbe as saying. Rav Yosef mocked him. He says, no, he doesn't have a good excuse. He just wants to follow the lenient opinion. Uh, He had one Talmud who said, in the name of Rebbe Avol that you must go strict. And one Talmud that said, Rav Huna, who said you can go lenient. So he said, Rav Satra said, oh, I'm going to follow Ravuna. And he gave a reason. But Rav Yosef says, yeah, yeah, really? You're just trying to follow the lenient opinion. I think he was uh, being a little bit mocking. Okay, let's go on to the next uh, case. Okay, basically what happened, you're not allowed to destroy, as I mentioned previously with the wine, you're not allowed to destroy, you're not allowed to ruin Peiroshviz, the produce of Shvizh. So, we're going to see... So, Rebili cut a palm tree in shvirs, but there were these berries, these very young dates on them. And they weren't yet edible, but they were definitely growing into dates. So, asked want ovid ask, How could he do this? How could he cut down this palm tree? The Torah says, You're allowed to take the produce to eat, but you're not allowed to ruin it. And when you cut it off the tree, it's going to get ruined. It says... So you might say, no, this is specifically where it is actual produce. It's fruit, it's ripe, it's ready to eat. But these berries are not really considered ripe and ready to eat. So therefore you would be allowed to destroy them. That's what the Gemara suggests. It says, no, Rabbi said in the name of Rabbi asiri the mitchalay of orla are forbidden. while the since they protect the 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 fruit. I mitchaleh, some sort of I don't know shell or crispy I don't know some sort of lining that grows around the dates. But Reb says they considered orla because they guard the fruit. Says the shaymer when is this um, peel this thing around this produce? B'kufrei when it's very small. The kokori we see calls them fruit. Ay, Rav Nachman calls these very unripe fruits fruit. He doesn't call them berries. And therefore so too with cutting down a palm tree even though it has these very unripe dates on. They're still considered fruit am um, ready and you should not be allowed to destroy it. So how could Rebillai cut down this palm tree? So the Gemara answers, Rav Nachman to Amak Rebbe Yosi. No, Rav Nachman follows the opinion of Rebbe Yosi. That now, as we learnt in the Mishnah, Rebbe Yosi, Aimer, Smodar, Osu, Mibnayshu, Pairi. Um, Smodar, Unwrapped, Smodar is boys, un, very unwrap grapes. Uh, also, because they are or Pligi, Aleo. No but the Rav no argue on Rebbe Yosi, aye? So, Rebbe La, you're right. Rav Nachman's following Rebbe Yosi that unwrap fruit is considered fruit for halachas. That require fruit, but Rabbi Re- Lai follows the Rabbanan that is not considered fruit. So the mourer challenges. Maftir mi pligi Do the Rabbanan argue with Rabbi Yosi regarding other trees? We learned in the Mishnah, When are you not allowed to cut trees down in Shvi'is? I say, Any tree that has started to grow its leaves, you're not allowed to cut it down anymore, because it has Shvi's produce, and it is, as we said, you're not allowed to destroy. I, um, Caribs, Grapes and olives have a specific time, but all other produce the same as Rebi Zayra the same as Rebi Yosi aye. So let's go back a step. We want to know, Rebi Lai came and cut down this tree with berries. The Gemara says he's not allowed to do that. How could he do that? So it first suggests maybe because they're not considered fruit. Because Rabbonin argue on Rabbi, Rabbi Yoisei and Rabbi Nachman, They said that unripe fruit is considered fruit. But the Rabbonin argue and said it is considered fruit. No. The Rab- that's not true. The Rabbonin only argue regarding um, carobs, grapes, and olives. That's where they argue. But otherwise, they agree with Rabbi Yossi that these... We're going to say that they agree with Rabbi Yossi that these small unwrapped Fruits are considered fruit. Let's just see this inside. Ravasi who boiser, who giru, who pullalavon? Pullalavon, sautatatach. You think we're talking about literally white beans? Says, no. Ela ema, she ye uruka pullalavon. She ura. sorry, the size is like a white bean. That's the early stage. But umansh masle, da ama boiser in smodder law. And who's the opinion who says that boiser is fruit, but smodder is not? Rabbonin, it's Rabbonin who argue on Rabbi Yossi, but we see that the Rabbonin hold that it is considered fruit, even though it's very unripe. Again, except for carobs, grapes, and leisim, as soon as the fruit starts to grow, or even as soon as the leaves start to grow, you're not allowed to cut down that tree. So we back to where we started. How could Rebillai cut down this date palm? He granted the berries were very unripe, Regarding dates, everyone agrees as soon as the berries start to grow, they're considered fruit and you're not allowed to destroy the produce of shmita. So, No. He cut down a. I don't know if like, some translate it as a male palm or a bad palm tree but basically it's a palm tree that the, the dates don't grow properly on it. Therefore, they're not going to grow into dates and therefore they don't have the status of fruit. Um, I, i um, actually oh, sorry, sorry, no, and therefore he's not ruining them because they stay as berries. So when he cut this palm tree, it's not that he stopped dates growing. It's not that he took good dates and now ruin them by cutting them off the tree. They're never ever going to grow past that berry stage and therefore he's not ruining them and that's why Rebbe Lai was allowed to cut them down, cut down that palm tree. Even though again, generally you would not be allowed to cut a palm tree with unripe dates on because you're ruining the dates, they're not going to grow into proper dates and you're not allowed to ruin shvi's produce, produce of the seventh year. But here Rebbe was allowed it because they were never going to grow past the berry stage and therefore he wasn't actually ruining them. He was, for intents and purposes, harvesting them. Well, I don't want to use the harvest picking them by, um, for personal use. Okay, and we'll leave it there for today.